Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Of course, you know that you're listening to this podcast because you chose to come in here and tune into an episode and you've already listened to the intro. But you always find like I, I need a way to, to like start the podcast and start talking. Let that defined motorized throat of mine warm up. I'm going to try and make this episode a bit kind of shorter and sweeter than they have been lately. I feel like we've been doing just these like big, chunky, deep, complex episodes lately. Um, we've had just the most phenomenal guest episodes throughout the course of this year. And even our solo episodes have, have been going into some really kind of layered stuff. So um, I wanted to bring you something that was a bit more punchy, a bit more direct, and hopefully, hopefully a bit shorter. But I I mean, any other manifestors out there listening will probably relate. I never have any idea what my throat is going to do. I'm a splenic authority. I've got a direct channel from my my spleen to my throat, so I just never know what's going to come out. But <laughs> my intention is to make this kind of somewhere around a 25-minute episode or so. Um, today's episode is about relating to money as a manifester. And we've done podcast episodes about money in the past. I mean, money is not something new to the manifester community. We've talked about it. We've taught on it. We have the Manifestor Money Moguls program, um, which you can get into anytime. We have the um, free Manifestor's Guide to Money that's on our website. I mean, like we've gone over money. I think we even have some really cool episodes um, from Taylor, our co-host on money and bringing her perspective on money as a manifester. So um, if you've never seen any of those things or listened to any of those things, please, please do. If money is something that is of interest to you or it's something that is emerging in your world right now, please go and, and look through those resources because in those resources, we teach so, so many more of the like foundational basics, right? Really understanding um, the, the connection between manifestors and money and, and the way that we create money as manifestors and the wounds that come up for us when, when we're talking about money as manifestors. So I'm not going to talk about those things today in the podcast episode. I want to take um, a bit of a different track when looking at money as a manifestor and really specifically look at what is our relationship to money? How do manifestors and money relate 
to each other as as energetics how are we in energetic relationship with money because this is something that has popped up in my field recently we we just came through the eclipse portal um shout out to everybody that's still sitting in the corner rocking back and forth a little bit about that um for those who are are not particularly into um, astrology or the movement of the planets we went through what's called an eclipse portal from Gosh, what were the dates? I think it was the 14th of October to the 28th of October. Um, it was a two-week window and we had a solar eclipse followed by a lunar eclipse. And that occurs about every six months. Whenever we go through an eclipse portal, um, really we have this crazy experience of one chapter ending and another chapter beginning both at the same time so we have this huge kind of death and rebirth process everything is thrown up in the air the the vibe of a, a an eclipse portal is that um whatever's going to happen is going to happen i like to say the eclipse going to eclipse right like <laughs> you can't control what is going to go on you don't even really have a choice about whether you're going to be involved with what's happening um it's just going to happen and so the choices are that you can either get on board and ride the wave or you can be dragged along in the undertow and unfortunately a lot of us we get dragged along in the undertow and every six months we we find we're having this very, very difficult experience. Um, I've had crazy things happen on eclipses. I mean, crazy things happen on eclipses. I couldn't even list all of them for you. Like I've had um, car accidents. I've been fired. I've had relationships break down. Um, you know, I've had like major illness. I've had injury. And it's all been at times when I've been getting carried along in the undertow when I have been refusing to pay attention to what is emerging, refusing to let go of the things that I'm holding and they just get pulled away anyway. So this eclipse season, I very much chose to lean in to ride the wave and um, nothing took me by surprise. I mean, there was no, I, I, I felt like what I was able to experience was that there was no major kind of ripping of the curtain or like pulling of the rug out from underneath me. But um I did spend that two weeks in a kind of under heavy, heavy inner work, intensive inner work. It was daily. I was moving through big stuff and it was taking me hours and hours every day. And as we were coming through to the end of that eclipse portal, for me personally, the lunar eclipse, that, that was the second eclipse there, the lunar eclipse was uh, in my money house. So um, I, I started having a lot of money themes come up, of course. And that gave me a really beautiful opportunity to to kind of re-go over some of my old money story to, to look at some of the money themes that were still occurring. I have a, an old connection between money and my trauma, um, really going right, right, right back to childhood where money was used as a method of control by my parents, but then that continued to play out in other traumatic experiences, really culminating in losing quite literally millions of dollars and and um, nearing bankruptcy in my last business, all because of the same dynamics. It was all control and power. So that re-emerged and I got to look into that in a new way. It's developed a, a belief system for me that as soon as I get money, someone's going to come and take it as a measure of controlling me. And of course, I saw those themes pop back up again. 
of course I saw them pop back up, right? Because I was I was experiencing an eclipse in a house that deals with money in my astrology chart. So that was a really, really valuable experience for me because what clarity, the clarity that came to the forefront for me was uh, it allowed me to see my relationship to money through a different lens. And I wanted to share that with you because when it came through, it felt very much like it was just so accurate and so correct for manifestors as a whole and not just for me and my unique story. I mean, um, for those who have spent any time with me, whether you have been with me on um, a call, whether you've done a podcast recording, whether I've guested for your program, whether we're friends, whatever it is, you'll know that I'm relentlessly deep, relentlessly. Uh, when we look at gene keys, we see your unconscious Mars is your area of work. It's your zone of genius. And mine is in gate 48. So my vocation here in life is to be deep. I mean, the gate 48 is the gate of depth. I, I am all about depth. I'm also a splenic authority. You know, I kind of roll, roll in the deep. Um, I am a Pisces moon and also sorry, a Pisces sun and also a Pisces rising with an Aries moon. Um, I'm very, I'm very deep. I'm very, very deep. I'm very, um, sometimes esoteric, but it's, I'm very about the inner work. I'm constantly doing my own inner work constantly every single day. I am surprisingly consistent with it. And what I share with everybody here in content is not necessarily a reflection of what I am moving through personally. I take a very long time to move through the things that I move through. My conscious sun, which is, you know, essentially the sum total of my personality, it's the biggest energy I have, is in gate 63, and that's the gate of doubts. I have to move through experiencing everything, doubting everything, and then inquiring into all of that to find the truth. It's a long process. It's a deep process process. It's a detailed process. And not everything that I arrive to at the end of that is something that I feel is applicable to all manifestors. So when I come across something that emerges from within my own personal story that I feel like, oh, wow, this actually is really applicable to all of the manifestors, I get really excited about sharing it. And when this came through, I I thought immediately, yes, like, I want to record a podcast episode on this. I think it's a really beautiful time to do it. The collective is moving through a lot of changes around money and resource sharing. A lot of people um, with this kind of global um, looming recession, a lot of people are journeying through their their money fears right now, um, especially those those people in business. Um, And I mean, let's let's talk about it. Let's I'm going to just stop beating around the bush and. (laughs) That's an Australian. Is that an Australian saying? I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a global saying. I don't know, but I'm going to stop beating around the bush and we're going to get to the point. What emerged for me was understanding that our relationship to money as manifestors is, of course, linked to our ability to initiate. This is something that I've discussed at length before, that the way that we create money as manifestors is to initiate. And often this is where we get ourselves into trouble because we are not 
initiating our creative urges. We're trying to play everything safe. We're trying to be really secure. We're trying to be consistent. We're not honoring our rest cycles. So therefore, we're not actually receiving our creative cycles. We're not receiving those creative urges. We've got a repressive throat wound. You know, we're holding everything back, holding everything in. We're doubting everything that we want to create because it's too crazy and it's illogical and it's not going to work and blah, 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 blah. And so, of course, what we do is that we we do ourselves out of money. And this is, when it comes to manifestors and money, this is probably the most challenging part because what's required for us is to develop trust. What we require of ourselves and what this relationship to money requires is that we develop a fully surrendered, fully trusting, deeply connected relationship to trusting our creative urges and trusting our ability to initiate we don't know. I mean, we just so rarely receive a creative urge where we know exactly how that's going to generate money for us, exactly how much money it's going to generate, um, exactly when it's going to generate that money, um, how long that money is going to sustain us. Like our creative urges just don't come through that way because our creative urges are not about money. Our creative urges are about what the collective needs. And so we, we need to initiate ourselves into journeying into this relationship of trust and of clearing out the wounds that are in the way of that, of, of healing what has been hurt in the past and what has made us untrusting of that and what has made us hold back on initiating our creative urges for fear that it's not going to generate money because we don't know how. And I could list 5,000 surprising ways that my creative urges have generated money for me. Um, I mean, it could, I could do an entire like series of podcast episodes just on that. I could bring on manifestors from all throughout the community to share the crazy ways that initiating a creative urge has actually generated the money, whether it's um, ended up with a job offer, whether it's ended up with somebody just donating money to them, whether they've gotten like surprising government grants. Um, I mean, the most direct way is that if you're a manifester in business, you create a product and you sell it. But the thing is, you never know how well that product's going to sell because as manifestors, we don't do market research and and we're not in a niche and um, we don't like we're not creating a product based on our ideal client avatar. We're just creating based on a creative urge. And we have no idea whether somebody's going to enjoy that or buy it. So the number of times that I've created a product that I've really thought, I just, I really just don't know if this is going to sell. I really just don't know if this thing is going to sell. And then it does. Right. And other times when I've created really logically and really strategically and it hasn't been from a creative urge and I'm convinced that it's going to generate money and it doesn't. I mean, a, a really cool example is that when we launched um, Manifest a Mastery this year, which is our signature program, this was our fourth round of launching it. And it's always been a high ticket product because it's a certification program. It's high level. We've got, I think, over 100 teaching videos in there. We have a fully like paid team of manifesto support teachers in the program. They're doing one-on-one -on -one calls. There are group calls available. Like you have assessments. People are marking your assessments, right? Like it's it's a whole involved thing. And um, it's always been higher ticket because it's been matching the industry level. But I mean, all the other kind of human design certification programs out there sit somewhere between like twelve and $20,000. Um, and 
this round, when the urge came through to launch that again, what really came through was an urge to drop the price dramatically, dramatically drop the price. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Because that, that the, the payment plans on that program are what sustain our business. They are what see us through the rest cycles and when we go into our quiet seasons and uh, because I can't create new things all the time. So I rely on that and I, I, you know, resisted it only a little. I'll be honest. I only resisted it a little and then I just handed myself over to it and trusted that we could slash the price on that program and it was still going to somehow generate the money that we needed, even though, you know, we're like everybody else, there's a decrease happening at the moment. People aren't spending because cost of living is a genuine issue. So we reduced that. I think like in round three, it was like $12,000 for the program. But in round four, we reduced that to $5,000. So it was less than it was. It was like 65% down, you know, which was crazy. It was crazy. And even my husband, he's a projector. He was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure you want to do that? Because in round three, we hadn't sold anywhere near the number of spots that we thought we would. So I was taking a very big risk in, in trusting that what that urge was bringing through was correct and trusting that it was going to financially look after us. We were financially very much on the line with that. And guess what happened? We generated two and a half times, so double and a half more than our highest ever launch amount on that program. In our very first round of Manifesto Mastery, the first time I released it, it generated $75,000. The second time we released it, it generated $104,000. The third time we released it, it generated, I think, just shy of $50,000. And then this time, we launched it at the cheapest, lowest price that it has ever been, keeping the same level of support, the same level of content in there right at a time when people are not spending, and it generated $242,000. This, this is kind of the radical nature of being a manifester using your initiating for money. Because, man, that's actually the wrong way to put it. We're not using our initiating for money. We're using our initiating for the collective and money is the byproduct that we receive. I would say that like money is the reward that we receive, but I don't like looking at material goods that way. I don't like seeing material goods as a reward for having done the right thing. I think that's really an outdated mindset. But in truth, I, we need money to survive. And I believe that when we enter this trust relationship with our creative urges and we initiate based on what comes through us, then we get looked after. And, and money is one of the ways that we get looked after because it is a need. It is a requirement for survival in this society and we do have to have it and it is about our security. So I believe that we get supported. I believe that we get looked after and I have had so many personal experiences of that. But as I was, I was navigating through this old trauma story that came up, feeling once again like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm generating a lot of money and people are coming after it, right? We'd had a, a really, really profitable flash sale um, in October, the highest one we've ever had. And then all of a sudden we got kind of all of these people who wanted to cancel payment plans from eight months ago. 
you know, and I was like, oh, these people are coming to take my money. Here's that old story. I've just, I've just gotten money and people are coming to take it. People want to take that money away from me. They want to control me. And so as I was moving through that story and, and understanding where it came from and reframing it, what I was able to do was to craft and initiate, of course, the new story that I want to move forward with because we were in an eclipse season and we were coming into a new chapter and I don't want to bring that old money story forward. So I get to craft the new story that I want to live in. And what came through me as I was doing that process was sovereignty. Sovereignty. And I have never applied manifesto sovereignty to money before. We've talked about manifesto sovereignty. I think we've got some cool podcast episodes on it. Um, we've talked about this in our Instagram content. It's really important for manifestors to be sovereign. And if you don't understand what I mean by sovereign, definitely go up and read, like go to Google, look up the dictionary definition, read a few different definitions. Um, but really what sovereignty is about is, is being a, um, a protected self-governing state, right? That as sovereign beings, it's not that we are untouchable, it's that we are sacred, and our ability to initiate is a sovereign practice. Our creative urges are sovereign energetic processes. We are sovereign as manifestors. We are sovereign. I, and we are not any more or less sovereign than anybody else. However, our sovereignty is different to others. Because we live behind this quote-unquote closed aura, Sovereignty for us is about somewhat energetic separation. It's about trusting our inner voice. It's about following our urges with trust. It's about surrendering to our unique connection to the divine. It's about not doing what other people are doing. It's about not putting our energy into what is normal for everybody else or what is expected of us or what is you know predictable or what is unthreatening. Sovereignty for a manifester is, is autonomy in a word, and really protecting that autonomy and really honoring the power of that autonomy, not being an asshole and saying, I'm autonomous, so I get to do whatever I want. No, we are still collaborators. We are still in service to the collective. We're still bringing our, our gifts and our urges forward for the benefit of everybody's growth and healing. But we, we have to be energetically sovereign in order to do that. And I, you know, I've been playing around with sovereignty and what that means for manifestors for at least probably 18 months to two years now. It's been an area that I've just like liked playing with. We've created some content around it. It's been really cool. But I, I had just never applied it to money. I'd always determined, yes, like manifestors, when we are in alignment in our aura, we are sovereign. And when we are initiating from a very healed and whole place, yes, we are sovereign. And when we are fully trusting and surrendering to initiating our creative urges, we are sovereign. This encapsulates the manifestor, right? When we are resting and when we are in the deep receptivity and the feminine of the rest cycle, we are sovereign, yes? And when I, when I was crafting this new money story, that, that concept is what came through. It was this invitation to extend my understanding of sovereignty to the manifesto relationship to money. If we receive money 
when we initiate our creative urges. And the process of initiating our creative urges is a sovereign process. Then our money is also sovereign. The money that manifestors receive in support from the universe or from God or from source or from divinity or from angels or, or you know, whatever floats your boat, we receive that money, we receive the material good of money as a support for our security. It's, it is the security, it is the safety for us that says, I'm going to give you what you need so that you can continue initiating the creative urges because everybody is going to benefit from, from you trusting your creative urges, from you allowing yourself to be sovereign. So yes, the money that we receive when we initiate our creative urges, it is sovereign. It is within that sovereignty bubble. It is held in that big container of like sovereignty soup. Your money is sovereign. That's my dog groaning in the background, everybody. <laughs> Your money is sovereign. That is our relationship to money as manifestors. It's not about getting. It's not about being rewarded. It's not about demanding. It's not about working hard to get the money that we deserve. No, it's sovereignty. When I am in right relationship to myself, when I am in right relationship to my energy, when I am in right relationship to my role here as an initiator through the divinity of my creative urges, I am also sovereignly receiving the sacred security of money. Money is not the goal of my initiating. Money is not the goal of my creative urges, but I have a sovereign right and a sovereign privilege to receive an abundant, an overly abundant amount of money because that gives me more and more security, more and more safety, and thus more and more ability to impact on a wider scale. The more money you have and the more integrity and sovereignty you hold that money with, the more you are able to stretch the arms of your creative urges out to impact more people. That's quite frankly, that's simply the reality. That is what money affords you. The number of things that we have been able to create here in the Manifesto community, because we have the security of money, we have been able to, to create and um, like launch and get things out that are not profit-driven that are just a gift for the community, that impact people in an amazing way. It's why we are able to put several thousand dollars a month into free content creation here in the team through our Instagram posts, through our podcast episodes, um, through our freebies, through our blog posts. We put about $6,000 a month just into content creation. And we are able to do that. We're able to do that because... The team here, we initiate creative urges and, and we receive sovereign money and an abundant amount of it. And we, we hold that money with integrity. It's not about um, becoming millionaires. It's not about being a seven-figure business. It's, you know, it's not about reaching those goals of that kind of to toxic masculine that we've been living in, that capitalistic greed that we've been living in. We receive money so that we can initiate further. And it gives us the ability to do that. On a basic level, it even just gives me the ability to financially support a number of manifestors within my team. 
so that I am supporting manifestors to be financially secure to then initiate in their own businesses and in their own lives. And every single one of my manifestor staff is a brilliant example of that. They all own their own businesses. They all initiate their creative urges and, and they need money as a security in order to be able to do that. Our relationship to money is sovereignty. It's sovereignty. And in keeping with that, that really challenged me to question the way that, that we here in our team have developed things like our finance policies and our payment plan policies. You know, do we continue to follow up people who are, you know, have um, like revoked on their payment plan, who are missing payments on their payment plan? How do we how do we manage things like that? And what we are moving into now, you'll see some announcements about this over the coming months, but what we are moving into now is really instead of focusing on we deserve the money because you made a promise to give it to us, so you will and we will chase you for it, we are now moving into our focus is on being in right financial relationship because if for the manifesto relationship to money to be about sovereignty, if it's if money is now being drawn into that sovereignty bubble of, ah, Yes, as, as closed energy beings, we're sovereign. As initiators, we're sovereign. As creative urge initiators, we're sovereign. As, as people with divine rest, we are sovereign. Oh, as people who receive money for all of these energetic processes, the money is also sovereign. Then it's really, really important that whoever is interacting with us is in right relationship with the money, that they are financially in right relationship with the community. And if they are unable to do that, then they are not in right relationship with the manifested community either. They're not in right relationship with the sovereignty of the manifested community as a whole, but of course of all of the manifestors within the community that are sovereign, certainly with me and with my team, but of all of the manifestors that are affected. Being in right relationship with the sovereignty of money means also being in right relationship with the sovereignty of the manifester. If we continue down this path that we have been on for eons as manifestors socially, where we keep saying, oh, like we can kind of pervert and abuse the manifestor's ability to initiate, that it's we don't allow manifestors to be sacred and just initiate their creative urges and then rest in between. No, no, no. We see that a manifestor can initiate and we want to take that for ourselves. You can initiate my projects. You can initiate my dreams. You can initiate wealth in my business. I mean, how many of us have spent our lives being told that that's what we're here to do? Oh, look at you. You you get stuff started. You can push things. You're really motivated. Look at you go. We end up in jobs and communities and relationships where our ability to initiate gets grossly taken advantage of, grossly taken advantage of, because it's not seen as sovereign. People historically, I mean, for the last couple of hundred years, society has not seen that manifestors should be financially supported for initiating our creative urges, for, for being initiators. They've seen that as something that can be taken. And I think that that's a wound around money for us as manifestors that we need to work on healing. As with everything else, 
we have to initiate it first. It has to come from within us as individuals and then within us as a community. And then we are able to initiate that out into the collective. As within, so without. Manifestors are the very first. We are the domino. If we want change, then we need to initiate that change first within ourselves and then around us. And that is how that change occurs. So I I believe that if we want to start experiencing society treating us differently around our sovereign right to money as manifestors, then we need to start healing that within ourselves. We need to start treating ourselves that way. We need to start seeing money as a sovereign material support that is is guaranteed to be given to us if we are in right relationship with our initiating energy, if we are in right relationship with our need to rest, if we are in right relationship with our informing, if we are in right relationship with, with trusting and surrendering to initiating our creative urges. If we are in sovereignty and all of those things, we are in right relationship with money as well and we are in that sovereignty with money. Money comes into the sovereignty soup. (laughs) This is not um, an easy thing to swallow or to process, I don't believe. Uh, For me, certainly this has taken years of working through my money story, my money trauma, my money beliefs. Um, So if this feels like it's something that's way too far out of your reach for now, don't worry that's okay. That's absolutely okay. Uh, Feel free to go and pick up some of our other free resources. Grab yourself the Manifestor's Guide to Money. It's completely free on the website. Um, Or just do your own journey through money. There are so many beautiful people that teach about money on the internet. So many people. Denise Duffield Thomas is a manifestor who teaches about money. Nikki Bartol, who has been on the I think she's been on the podcast before. She's been a guest teacher in one of our programs. She is a manifesto that teaches about money. Like we have great resources for money out there in the world. So do some learning, dive into it. But if this resonates with you for where you are at in your money journey at the moment, take an initiating step. What can you do? What can you initiate within yourself Now, today, tomorrow, this week, that will bring your relationship to money into sovereignty. What does that look like to you? Are you in sovereignty with all the other aspects of your energy? Is that where you need to shift? Have you been viewing money in an unsovereign way? Is that what needs to shift? Have you been allowing people to treat you and and your relationship to money and your worthiness for money as an as an unsovereign thing is that where you need to shift have you got trauma or wounding around money is that where you need to shift start initiating and bring yourself into that sovereign relationship with money okay that's it we're wrapping up I was not too bad. I said 25 minutes and we're at 33 minutes. So that's that's not crazy. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We are very much nearing the end of the year for um, for everything, right? End of the calendar year, which is 
nuts. I mean, this year has just been nuts, everybody. And I just wanted to inform you, I will keep informing you of this, but I wanted to start informing you now that we take a hiatus from the podcast in January. Um, It is summer for me in Australia. I don't create podcast episodes in January. It's an amazing time to go back through old episodes if you like are into podcasting and want to keep doing it consistently and keep having my voice in your ear you are welcome to we have 160 something episodes so so many to dive through pick your favorites our team will be sharing like our our favorite past episodes on social media so you can definitely just be listening to those as they come out um the very 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 exciting news if you have not seen it is that we just announced our kind of I don't know if it's our biggest initiation ever. I feel like it's our most exciting initiation ever. And this one did not come from a creative urge. (laughs) This one was very much chosen. It it was a gift. Um, We felt like manifestors needed this. And I'm saying we because this was a we effort. I mean, there are so many people that have worked on this to bring it to life and to do it as quickly as we possibly can, which has been at breakneck speed, i got to tell you. And we are launching the world's very first manifestor book. Yes! (laughs) So Informed, the Comprehensive Guide to Human Design Manifestors, is releasing for sale on the 5th of December, but there is a VIP waitlist. So if you want to be on the VIP waitlist, that's going to be linked here in the show notes. Um, It should be there. If it's not, just head to our website or head to our Instagram. You will see it all through there. The VIP waitlist is going to get you a discount to purchase, and it is also going to get you access to purchase 48 hours before every everybody else is. While you're waiting for that release date, we're going to be sending um, exclusive book excerpts in email to people on the wait list. So join the wait list if you want to get in on part of that fun. Otherwise, just wait till the 5th of December and, and you can get the book. We have made it so low cost. We have made it globally accessible. Um, this is kind of like everything that we can put together in the size of a book (laughs) in a book. I think we maxed out at like 65,000 words or something. So, um, it, we're just so thrilled. We are, you can probably hear it in my voice. I have this huge smile on my face. We are beyond, beyond enthralled. Like we have so much enthusiasm for this. We have so much joy. We have so much anticipation. Like we are, we are kind of bouncing, like we're jumping (laughs) and squiggling and squirming um, in just anticipation of how this is going to impact manifestors around the world and how you guys are going to receive it. So um, please take this as our gift to you. This is a culmination of four years of of work in the manifestor community, nearly five years of work. And um, it's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's phenomenal. I'm so proud of what we've created and I, I really believe it's going to do good things. It's going to do good things. It's going to do really sovereign things. So if you want to get your hands on the book, 5th of December, if you want to get it, your hands on it early, then join the VIP waitlist. And I will be seeing you in a couple of episodes time. But until then, as always, my beloveds, keep hunting for purpose. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, 
We really, truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation, and wisdom about your own manifest and magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.